Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I will just start by saying this. NFL, take a bow. That is how you wrap up a regular season. Jeez. What a game. Post-mortem. Last night at so uh, in Las Vegas, rather. I almost said SoFi. In Las Vegas, in front of all those Raider fans who have been waiting for a big-time pl- uh, playoff-type game and atmosphere to go to and attend and get excited about, and they absolutely delivered the third overtime game of Sunday, the final Sunday of the NFL season. Unbelievable job. Uh, it was the ghost of uh, John good old Madden. John Madden. John Madden. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course yeah. it was. That and was... it also was Roberto yeah. Flores, because uh, when it's all said and done, we did have a battle on our own show show between Eddie and Roberto and Roberto may have won out yeah he oh. did uh, he did win out now the uh, mm-hmm. conversation uh, is is obviously going to be to what was the plan of attack uh, <laughs> from the uh, from the Raiders and or the Chargers are I you asking if they were going to look for a tie see I, I don't know if we're ever going to get the straight answer this was my thought I think at that point the Raiders thought to themselves all right it's third down Depending on what happens here, if they stop us, we'll just punt it away. If they didn't trust uh, uh, the the kick at that time, even though Carlson has been dynamite in that stadium, I don't think he's missed in that stadium ever. If they looked at it and said, all right, this is going to be a 57-whatever-yard field goal at that point, we'll just punt it away, and we will accept the tie if it's that po- at that time. But we're not going to leave Justin Herbert with a short field after what he did in the fourth quarter, which is unbelievable, and a whole other right. conversation together. I, the idea that they were going to t- – some people were saying, oh, they were going to take a knee in shotgun? What are, you ta- what are we talking about here? So to me, I think it was a little bit overblown. Those people you're referring to, people on Twitter, is that what, is yeah, that what you're yeah. referring to? Yeah, yeah it's okay. your favorite yeah. place. Yeah, yeah, you know. yeah. place that I tend not to go to yeah. very often. Um, yeah, I, I just, I, I think that was one of, uh, it was one of the before the seasons when you look at the schedule and seeing how the, the regular season was going to finish with like some teams playing three divisional games, you knew there was going to be a chance of endings like this. And now in this case, everything was on the line, right? We knew it was win or go home unless a tie, which it was very evident. The Chargers at no point were playing for a tie. You can't go for that many fourth downs in a game. Uh, granted, some of it, you know, because they were behind, but you can't go for that many fourth downs in a game in general and think that anyone's playing for a tie. So that wasn't the prerogative of either team. Uh, and, and it goes to show you, too, like even – even where teams, you know, were out of it, they still wanted to knock out the team that was still in it. Like there was still some of that sense, I think, of rivalry that does exist to a degree in the NFL, whether people want to admit it or not. It's not just all about playing for contracts and money. There is pride. There is that ability to say, hey, we're going home. We want these suckers to go home with us too. We'd love to knock them out of having a chance to play for the playoffs. And that happened in, in, in another occasion uh, yesterday. But – what a win. And, and and to think about all the all the Raiders have overcome this season. I mean, in, in all honesty, it is crazy. Rich Passaccia, the job that he's done, Derek Carr never gets enough credit. I've said this for like three years now. He never gets enough credit for what he does and and how this team was able to overcome the Gruden debacle, the tragedy that happened off the field with Henry Ruggs. You know, I mean, all those things that come along with that that can – change your team, give a ton of credit to all parties involved. Now, I'll, I'll say this. 
I don't think the Raiders got a shot of anything in the in the round. I actually think it would have been it, it would have been more interesting to see if the Chargers got in. But hey, that's why we play the games, right? What's amazing is the Chargers are sitting at home. Yeah. That's a, like that kind of blows me away, and 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 uh, no, don't hit, <laughs> don't hit the applause, don't, oh, hit, don't hit the applause, because let me. Yes. Let me Roberto twisted the knife. Yes. Roberto was trying to replace uh, Mr. Carr with with Mr. Ryan yeah. out of Atlanta, no so kidding, don't don't man. don't hit the applause like that. Hey, that's uh, when the Raiders were six and seven. Okay, all right. At that time, all of you guys had the Raiders out too, right? And, and I'm glad that you said that because then my second point was, what we have ever said. At that week and at that point in time that, that Roberto said, let's bring in Matt Ryan, uh, that we would have thought this team would have got to 10 wins. Uh, I, I just I, I looked at him like, man, 10 wins for the Raiders. So they, they seemingly have put together a, a, a winning process throughout all of the confusion and all of the drama that has played out. And and guys have emerged. You know, you, you get your tight end back. He played well, but you know, Renfro, like he's like a he's a stud. And and I, I think these guys have really I think they have really shown that they should be taken seriously. I know that they have a daunting task to go go into Cincinnati, but I mean the way they're playing right now, I'm not necessarily sure they don't go in. And are a a threat to this Cincinnati Bengals team just just really purely based off of they can play physical football, and if they can if they can hold hold serve so to speak, and limit Joe Burrow's opportunities on the field, I mean they they may have a chance. Joe Burrow might throw for eight hundred yards. Uh, in he, that might, game. he might. Uh, he ba- might. Based on what happened, I, it see like I don't know how certain guys were getting open for the Chargers on what however many fourth downs they were going for on the final drive that that only took like two minutes off the game clock, but was like twenty plays, and they looked exhausted. But Joe Burrow Brady is probably looking at that secondary last night and going, "That'll work. Uh, yep. I, I, that'll, that'll, that'll work, work for me." Um, so let's just take a look. By the way. At the AFC playoff picture now, because as we as we take a look at how these teams stack up versus one another, um, you got the Tennessee Titans with a bye, the Chiefs who will now play the Steelers, which we can get into the Steelers at some point. <laughs> Steelers, boy, that felt like a uh, that felt like one of those wagons on the Oregon Trail. That's like got one wheel. Did that you, you go just, to Oregon Trail? <laughs> yeah, wow. like you just you know it's gonna fall off at some point, and it's just like you, you're just starting. Like, you're just starting on the East Coast. You're heading westward, and it's like, yeah, this, this ain't going to last. Like, this, this wagon ain't going to make it. It's not going to last very long. That was, that's kind of how I would summarize the Pittsburgh Steelers. Then you got the Bills, Patriots, and as we talked about, the, the Bengals, Raiders. So if you think about how those games could play out, and I, I hate to you know, tell this because you know, I don't want to upset Roberto, but let's just say all the top-seeded teams win. All right, two through four, and then obviously Tennessee on the bye, so they all move on to the divisional round. You're then looking at, to me at least, I think the easiest path might be for Cincinnati. I mean, your first round game, you're taking on the Raiders. I would say next to Pittsburgh, they're the probably you know the most you know, suspect team, if you will. And then you're looking at a, a second round matchup of taking on the Titans. Yeah. Like, I mean, the Chiefs and the Bills are the two teams I'm trying to avoid, and they'll have to end up playing off in the divisional round. 
Like, this whole thing sets up so well for Cincinnati to make a run and only have to face, obviously, the winner of that Chiefs-Bills game in the AFC Championship and maybe play on and into a Super Bowl. Like, I'm telling you right now, like, that's – that's a crazy scenario that could play out. And that's not that I'm trying to write off the Tennessee Titans. It's just the fact that if I said right now, Ryan Tannehill or Joe Burrow, what, who would you say? Oh, Burrow. Burrow, it wouldn't be even close. close. No, not even close. And, and I don't know that either defense is really that great. And so if it's all about which offense do you expect to show up, I, I can't put a question mark on what Derrick Henry is going to be in that game if he comes back and what he's going to look like. But if you're saying passing attack, it's not even close. And, and so I'm looking at the AFC playoff pictures thinking right now, huh, it actually might be the Bengals who, who have one of the easiest paths to get through, and they're sitting at the four seed right now. I, I will say this. I don't think that it's going to be outside of Green Bay. I don't think that there's going to be a team that gets to the Super Bowl that we thought was going to get to the Super Bowl. I, I think this is that one year where it's like a team is going to make it and it's almost like, you know, and just listening to the way we're talking about Cincinnati, whatever team it turns out to be, it almost feels as though like when the Patriots went for the first time. I don't know if people can recall that feeling of when the Patriots went the first time, but when they went, it was like, man, like, huh, Patriots. You didn't expect them. I didn't expect them to win. <laughs> You know, like at the time, I the mean, way you said that. Oh, huh, the Patriots, Patriots. <laughs> right? I mean, let's be real here. If Cincinnati makes it to the Super Bowl, what are you going to say to yourself? I'm huh. a, oh, Cincinnati, yeah. right? Yeah. You know what I mean? So, and I think that that's what this year is shaping up for. Whoever it's going to be, I think huh. it's possible because if if it does turn out to be Joe Burrow, it could actually be the start of a renaissance for that organization. Yeah. And 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 quite frankly, I mean, we were looking at the AFC North and they they had as my the mighty have fallen. You know, Baltimore, we I mean, we're not probably going to touch too much on that I don't think, but man, they're home. They're yeah. sitting at home. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to speak for anybody else on this show, but I'd like to apologize for picking Baltimore in the Super Bowl. Uh, I own I, it right I, here. I, wow. I'll second wow. that. I apologize. Wow. <laughs> That's on I'll me. I'll second that. Uh, yeah. yeah, I apologize. Uh, I mean, I even called I even called <laughs> wow. out a danger dark horse in the Colts sitting at home. I Had mean, their fate in their hand, and they gave it away <laughs> like it was still December 25th. Uh, right? Oh, man. So, <laughs> and, and, and what, do we, what do we have now, LeVar? Cincinnati. Cincinnati. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I want to sit there and say so many things like, nah, but then I'm like, huh. Cincinnati. Yeah, they, <laughs> that is like, is there, like we, please is, make that a drop. Is, is there really room enough on their bandwagon? Because there's a possibility. I mean, I just, when you're when you're comparing your 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 rookie receiver to the greatest of all time, there have been so many debates and discussions between uh, between uh, uh, Randy Moss and and Jamar what, Chase. Jamar yeah. Chase. Yeah, that's uh, I just. Everything seems to be shaping up to go in their favor mm. because guys aren't – I mean, you look at the way Kansas City's playing. They are a team that is susceptible for the okey-doke. And that's really the only team that you would sit there and say out of the AFC, 
is dangerous. I mean, I yeah. don't. We don't know what Tennessee is uh, going to be. All I know is, guys, get ready because if Cincinnati goes the Super Bowl, all right. Skyline Chili's coming out to L.A. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Deal with that, Jonas. Yeah, about that. How your bowels going to feel when you start seeing a bunch of pop-up shops for a Skyline Chili. Hey, Five-star yeah. Chili's going to hey, try listen, to come out there and compete. And yeah. no, no, as, as a chili expert, I'll just say this. Uh, yeah, there's no need to put it on pasta noodles. It's not necessary. Uh, I disagree. And I need it a little thick. Unique. I need a little thick. I like it I on rice, spicy. personally. Yeah. With some, oh. with some wings. Chili on, on rice? Yes. Wow. Have you ever tried that? No. Oh, sounds good, bro. I don't like rice; fills me up too much. You know, that's the point. I'm like a bird. You know, they stop throwing rice yeah, at weddings. That's, that's what they uh, say. Fly, birdie, fly. Yeah, uh, pigeons were eating the rice yeah, and then drinking right? water and then exploding. You're more like, like you know, a good idea. You're not. You're not more of a that's pigeon bird. You're more like yeah. That's the you're more like a parrot. It's a true story. Keeps. In some places, <laughs> they they stop throwing rice at weddings because the birds would come and eat it and, and then explode. go drink water and they'd explode. Yeah. You imagine that? Like you're hanging out. It's a nice day. Great wedding. You're driving away just married and a pigeon explodes mm. over the uh, telephone yeah. wire like spring training yeah. randy johnson burned? yeah like a randy johnson yeah. uh bird explodes. i thought that was alka seltzer well yeah, there's that too. too yeah, yeah. I, you know what's funny you mentioned parakeets lavar yeah so I, I live in south florida and apparently when one of the hurricanes came through like a bunch of parakeets had got out and they like to mate like mm. they like to get after it <laughs> nice you know? I don't know if you guys know giggity, anyone giggity, that giggity, like parakeets, good but for them. those birds don't mess around. Huh. Like they're like, hey, they're we're it. here to multiply. Yeah. <laughs> so now there's like all these just natural parakeets flocking around. You hear them all the time, but it's it's because they got out at one point during a uh, a hurricane, and they just have not stopped hooking up since. That's so crazy because we have green parrots out here. Yeah, yeah. Been- the green ones, and I mean they they have taken over everything, and they got loose. From uh, a, a burnt Careful. down, well, they got loose from a a, a burnt down uh, pet stop, uh, pet shop, and they multiplied like Brady said. Hey, you know what I like to say? <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Yeah. Cincinnati. Huh. By the way, you know, how about this show? Huh? Uh, two pros and a cup of Joe. You come for the football talk, you stay for the horny birds. Uh, that's how this works. Uh, yeah, is that a new game? They made a movie about Angry Birds. <laughs> yeah, I mean, why, not, why not do continue the, the, the theme? <laughs> horny birds. Yeah. Horny birds. Uh, Edgar Allan Poe started with what? Birds? Isn't that, like a, yeah, isn't that something? Yeah. Angry yeah. birds? We're just missing out on a horny bird. Uh, horny who, birds. Who knew that a hurricane led to uh, some sex addict birds? Birds, uh, you know, I never knew on a uh, Monday. Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Um, what the hell was that from the Indianapolis Colts yesterday? Who all they needed to do was beat who? As a 14-point favorite on the road. Wait, wait. Beat who? The Jaguars. Yeah. Uh, all they needed to do oh, is go in and beat Jacksonville, who's uh, the worst organization and worst team in the NFL uh, for, a, for a second straight year. And Indianapolis not only loses – but they got dominated and manhandled by Jacksonville and the way everything else turned out around the NFL. Uh, Brady Quinn, the Indianapolis Colts are going home and the let's bring back Carson Wentz. It was just Philadelphia. He needed a change of scenery and to get back to where he was with Frank Reich. Uh, here we go. Indy's at home watching the playoffs. The way they finish this season is an all-timer. 
I mean, honestly, losing with their last two games, just falling apart, and the way they did it. I mean, I'm not – I don't want to make too much of just one game, but give the Jacksonville Jaguars players a lot of credit. Those guys could have packed up, got prepared to go to the Caribbean somewhere, the Bahamas, and I don't know, maybe uh, Puerto Rico somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Casa de Campo. Um, The reality is, like, they they came out, they stopped Jonathan Taylor, they put this game on Carson Wentz's shoulders, and he couldn't deliver. Trevor Lawrence had his best game of the season. I I just – it's crazy to me to look at that game, and if you took away the records, you would have thought the Jacksonville Jaguars were the team that was playing to go to the playoffs, 100%. like winning your in. 100%. Like that's that's what they looked like. It didn't look like the Colts even wanted to be there. It was a bit shocking. And the only other thing is, did Dwayne Smoot have an incentive that he hit to? Because there was one particular time. He got a, I don't know if it was, I think it had him in a sack, but he got up, like, just looking at the sidelines saying, pay me. So I, I know there was a bunch of incentives out there for guys, but he kind of kept doing it. I'm thinking to myself, either his contract's up or he's got an incentive, but either way, good for him, man. Good, 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 for, good for the Jacksonville Jaguars to finish, on a, to finish on a better note than how their season went this year. They did not get more wins than Urban Meyer. Keep that in mind. That, yeah. that oh, yeah. Pay up on that. That, that was not. That well, that's where the media was yeah, the biggest yeah, yeah. loser in this game. Right? Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. That wasn't that wasn't it. Uh, but with that being said, you did end on a high note. There weren't very many high notes for Jacksonville this season to take a team that appeared to be trending in the right direction. You got a possible uh, MVP candidate award winner, and. And really a team that is built to be able to make a real run, you knock them off. I mean, not if if I'm and I have been on plenty of losing teams, to have an opportunity to do that in your final game of the year, what it does is it shows you what the capabilities and the potential levels are of a team when they have something to play for. To, to the level or to the extent of what would be the equivalent of their Super Bowl. And and so to really think about it in that in those terms and in that manner, I mean, <laughs> you got to look at Jacksonville and say, "Huh, well, where was this team all year? You know, where where was the where were these guys because you guys were able to put it together for one game, one last game, and 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 we all know that going into the playoffs, it's always a one-and-done scenario. This isn't like any other sport where you get to come back and try to do it again, like basketball or hockey or baseball. It's one-and-done. You win, you move on. You lose, you go home. That was what they had in this scenario, and they showed up. I mean, Trevor Lawrence, he showed up. The team, the defense, they showed up. And and they made Carson Wentz, they led him into mistakes. So, to me – it exposes something that's missing for for the Colts for certain, but it also makes you wonder: Is there a good team on the inside of this Jaguars of this Jaguars organization? Is there a team there? This made me wonder that because I didn't understand how they were able to win that game. I mean, they've dominated, and Brady, you pointed this out last week, but they've yeah. been really good against Indianapolis in Jacksonville for whatever reason. Uh, Indianapolis has struggled there. 
But good God, man, with, with everything on the line, you're a 14-point favorite, and you roll out that. And and as we said, the game wasn't close. Like, there was no point you're watching that game going, ah, no, no, Indy's got them right where they want them. No, no, it was over. Like, Jacksonville completely took over, completely took control of the game. Uh, Carson Wentz afterwards, after just a brutal performance to finish up the season, uh, he talked about it and also discussed uh, his play and then them missing the postseason. I got to protect the ball. I got to do a better job. Um, and so there's there's a lot uh, that could be said and a lot of things to, to kind of digest right now. But yeah, it's it's a frustrating kind of crappy feeling right now. But we were in control, being in control of our destiny uh, last two weeks, and we just couldn't get it done. And it, it's definitely got left a bad taste in my mouth and a lot of guys' mouth. Um, not where we want to be. Not you know what we expected either. You know we expected to finish stronger than we did. Okay, at this point in his career, what is Carson Wentz? Like, I mean, like, like, what, what do well, we? Well, it sounds like an excuse maker, because uh, I mean, at at this point, right? If you're sitting there and you you're having to have that conversation at this at this juncture of your career, you're not you're not you're not achieving at a high enough level where you're talking about what you need to do as it applies to the next week and the next game going into the playoffs. You're talking about you're giving reasoning as to why you're in the situation that you're in right now and how we could be better moving forward, which is fine because, I mean, obviously as a competitor, you have to take in the lessons of what happens when you come up short. I don't want to judge that, and I don't want to come across as like I'm piling on them or I'm hating on them, but let's be clear here. When they made the Super Bowl run, which was arguably his best season as a pro, um, they finished it off with a different guy. And and regardless of what anybody wants to say, you know, that tro or that that statue out in front of the link says it all. It's a foals, not of Carson Wentz. And and so to me, really and 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 I guess to sum it up, he's you know, he has to make excuses for not living up to the potential of what it is that people have expected him to be or think he is or what they want him to be because he has not been that. Whether he is or not, he has not been that. What, what he is right now is he's blind to what he is. Mm. He's not a guy anymore. He, he, he's going to have to earn his way back into being a guy that a team would trade for, being a guy that I think people look at as a starting quarterback, a franchise quarterback. Like That's, that's unfortunately what this season – became for him it was I don't want to say a make or break year but on a on a team that you know had Philip Rivers the year before and I think the longer Philip was there the the better he got as, as far as a sense of feel for the chemistry and all that at no point in this season did I feel like the Colts were better off with Carson Wentz yeah I mean agreed. and that's and that's the sad thing about it is you know you had a guy at the end of his career potentially a future Hall of Famer in Philip Rivers and you're thinking Carson Wentz wants to get to that point. He had that opportunity. He had a great run game. He had a great defense. He, he really didn't have to do a ton. But unfortunately, it's just, I mean, and, and by the way, look at the team he left. Yeah. If that gives you any indication of where this whole thing is at for him, then he needs to realize he's blind to the fact that he is no longer going to be looked at as a guy that is coming in as, as your number one. You're either going to draft a guy to compete with them and, and take over, or you're going to bring someone else in who you feel like is an upgrade. 
And, and that's where he's at right now, whether he wants to acknowledge that or realize that or not. And trust me, from, from being a quarterback in the league and being drafted in the first round, how all that goes, it's a harsh reality to face because now he's the only person the rest of his career that can believe he can be that guy. Because there's, there's not going to be anyone else out there advocating for him. There's just not. I mean, Frank Reich was the last guy. He was with him in Philly. He brought him to Indy. I mean, that was, that's the last guy. But with what we saw from him this season, he's probably now the only one that can truly, truly believe that he could still be that guy. And that's it's a tough road for him. Uh, I, I thought You're this at the time. Guy, Trust me. You're <laughs> I, not that guy. I thought this at the time that his career started to unravel the second Nick Foles won that Super Bowl. Because I think he realized – they did that without me. We can we can try and say, well, you know, it was an MVP type season. Look, you missed time at the end of the regular season. Then they go into the postseason and they do something they've never done in the history of the franchise. And I think he realized in that moment, not only can they do it without me, but the next season when he went out and Nick Foles went in, they made another run in the postseason without him. When he finally appeared in a playoff game, he got knocked out with a concussion. And this, this, there was this sentiment that, well, it must be Philadelphia. It's toxic there. It's a disaster. It's Doug Peterson. It's this. It's that. Okay. And so now Indianapolis, and I don't know what's worse, the fact that they're missing the playoffs now after they make the move to bring in Carson Wentz, or the fact that they also don't even have a first-round pick next year. So it's almost like they're committed to whatever he is, Brady, whatever Carson Wentz is moving forward, uh, whether he's dealing with stuff mentally, whether he's de- whatever it is. Indianapolis is so pot-committed now because of what they gave up that they just got to roll with this and hope that it doesn't blow through their championship window trying to make a guy get right again after after what his career was and turned into now with all the injuries and everything else that came along with it. They're in a tough I, spot. I, I, I just I don't think that they're going to be hanging their hat on that moving forward. I don't. I think they're going to have to start thinking about the future. And, and he's basically found himself in the same position that he was in in Philly where you brought in a guy in Jalen Hurts for a reason. Cause, and, and, you, and I think Philly at the time talked about, well, hey, you know, Carson Wentz gets hurt. We've got to have a backup, a capable backup. We've already seen how that played out, as you just laid out for us with Nick Foles. And that was the conversation then. But now after watching Hurts, and we've kind of talked about it, he just gets better and better and better the more he plays. And then you're watching Carson Wentz, and it seems like the more he plays, the more you doubt. Or the more it maybe eliminates the thoughts of what you thought he could be as a franchise guy. So, it, it, like I said, it's an unfortunate part or spot to be in, in his career. But the truth of the matter is, they, they Indianapolis or any, the rest of the league is going to start saying, all right, we start looking at the draft. We can start looking to other guys who may have more potential upside as opposed to you know what Carson Wentz is. Like, he's getting to the point where I think people look at him and say, we know what he is and we, we know what he's not. And that's the hard part is when you, when you get to a point in your career where the NFL is determined what your upside is and what your downside is and who you are, it's hard to shake that. Like there's only so many rich Gannons out there that come in later than their career, what, 30, and can win an MVP. Because first impressions can be so damning in football or in life. And, and that's the hardest perception to overcome is once you make that first impression, oh, well, he wasn't the guy to win a Super Bowl. Or, oh, he's the guy who gets hurt all the time. Once you make that first impression, it's really hard to overcome that.
Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Hey, this is Jason McIntyre. Join me every weekday morning on my podcast, Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. This isn't your typical sports pod pushing the same tired narratives down your throat every day. Straight Fire gives you honest opinions on all the biggest sports headlines, accurate stats to help you win big at the sports book, and all the best guests. Do yourself a favor and listen to Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So another game involving an L.A. team, uh, this one in L.A., although it felt like it was in uh, up in the Bay Area uh, at Levi Stadium, uh, because at SoFi, uh, there was a swarm of 49er fans who showed up. And yet again, here we go again. Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers get it done over the L.A. Rams. That's now six straight wins. The 49ers getting it done in overtime. They are on to the playoffs. But this was uh, this is uh, the 49ers after going down early. Jimmy Garoppolo clearly not 100%. And they go into SoFi, take care of business. And now San Fran is in the postseason, Brady Quinn, uh, where a lot of people thought they might be. But after all the issues they had, we're a little bit surprised they got there at the end. A few takeaways. For starters, the NFC West. Uh, they get three teams in. We, we thought that was the, one of the best divisions, if not the best, in the NFL. I, I think they've made their case. And, and by the way, if Seattle's your floor, and they ended up being, what, 7-10 and 10 this season? I believe so, yeah. And how many games did Russell Wilson miss? Three? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, th- think about how different Seattle's season could have been if he's healthy doesn't not only doesn't miss the three games but doesn't try to rush to come back and then play with a mallet finger before he was ready admittedly so I mean that's just how good this division was so uh, what a again what a weekend of football I know we started off the show saying that but this was one of those games that I think there were some defining moments now ultimately it doesn't matter for the Rams right because of how the Arizona Cardinals Seattle Seahawks game played out it didn't end up mattering for the Rams. They still win the NFC West. But I think from a standpoint of momentum, confidence, all those things, you can't feel good about where they're at. And Cam Akers, you know, got to play a little bit in this one on a pitch count. Didn't really have much of an impact. You know, I, Matt Stafford, I think you've got to have a lot of questions about him now. I think he has three touchdown passes to five interceptions coming into the game. You know, now he's, what, six touchdown passes to seven interceptions after this thing? I mean, he hasn't been playing his best football the past few weeks. Garoppolo, on the other hand, as you said, banged up. But that's, it's a pretty gutty, solid performance for him. You know, to, to realize what he's dealing with, still find a way to help his team get a win. And then Debo Samuel. You know, what more can you say about him? And, and he's not, a, a, he's not a, just a wide receiver. He's, he's at times, whatever, a running back. He throws a touchdown pass. He's just a football player. Like, I don't care what team you put him on. I don't care where you put him. That dude's going to succeed. He's just that sort of athlete, that sort of player. Like, he's that guy that I think everyone would love to play with and every coach would love to coach because he just goes out there and finds ways of winning. He's that type of player. Yeah, he definitely is. And, you know, when I looked at the game, I, I kind of I felt as though first thing I thought was, is is Garoppolo positioning himself by the way he's playing right now to be the guy next year? 
That's the first thing I thought of, and I, I'm, I guess I'm assuming that whatever happens in the playoffs will ultimately maybe dictate what what that ultimate ultimate outcome will be. But man, if I'm if I'm Trey Lance, I'm sitting there and I'm looking at this thing like I don't know how to feel. You you got to be conflicted at their ability to to right the ship, so to speak, uh, this this season and find their way into the tournament. You get into the tournament, you do what you need to do, and you're Jimmy Garoppolo, which keep in mind, as long as you got Armstead and 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 Bosa and and Warner and those guys on on that defense, you've got a chance defensively to dominate a game enough where all Garoppolo has to do is what he did the first time around when they made it to the Super Bowl, which is make sure you just don't mess it up. And if they follow that, if they follow that model, I don't, I mean, they have just as good a chance as anybody else in, in the NFC side of the tournament to, to make a run and make a push. Uh, they're getting Dallas in the opening round. If, yep. you, if you're Dallas, I, I'm I don't, nervous. Yeah. I, I'm and, nervous. and especially Dallas, who has been so up and down to where there's times where you think, man, this team's got all the talent in the world. And then there's other weeks where it's just like, well, they just don't show up. And Dak Prescott can say, well, you know, line them up. We don't care who it is. Line them all up. But Brady, I mean, if you're seeing the 49ers after what they've done coming into your place next weekend, I don't know that that's just a shoe in victory for Dallas that they can think they're on to the next round. Uh, bang up Jimmy Garoppolo or not I don't know are any of the teams outside of Green Bay and, and I get they lost but Rodgers who by the way did hit the over of series play I think he played four in that game yes he did um, that was one of our prop bets yeah um, but I, I don't know that outside of Green Bay I mean are you that concerned with any team and it's, it's no disrespect for the to the Bucks who are sitting right there at the number two seed but they're pretty banged up and, 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 I mean, you never bet against Tom Brady, but they're just not the same team they were last year going into the playoffs. I think you look at all these teams in the NFC and you just you go, yeah, I could see any one of them pulling off an upset. I, I said it before, like, Philly's one of those teams that, yeah, you, you, catch, you catch them at the right time with the way it hurts and they can run the football, also create some big plays and the way their defense is played. Like, yeah, that could become an issue for any one of these teams or in particular Tampa Bay in the wild card round. So, it's it's going to be a fascinating playoffs for us because I think this has been one of the better years in regards to parity where we feel like some of the top teams or the more dominant teams or the teams that have traditionally been you know a part of it yeah they're still a part of the conversation but it seems like they've got some some glaring weaknesses and it seems like they haven't been as dominant and I think it's a great thing for the NFL heading into the next weekend. Yeah, it does feel like uh, it's basically a race to see who wants to lose in the NFC title game in Green Bay. That, that, that's I what mean, it feels that's like. what it feels like. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. And like the AFC, and you mentioned earlier with, you know, Cincinnati could have as good a shot as anybody because Tennessee's the one seed. And I don't know that oh. anybody's uh, in- intimidated by by Tennessee. <laughs> but like, in, in, yeah, in the NFC, I, I, I don't know. I just, I, I mean, if we're looking at who do you Cincinnati. think, who do you think's the low seed that's no most likely to win? No nightlife. Um, no COVID. Who's who's the low seed that's most likely to win in the wild card round in the NFC? Is it Arizona over the Rams? I think Philly. I'm calling my shot. Philly over Tampa? Okay. I right. think Philly is. Uh, Tampa Bay has had to pull out victories late in games, and they are struggling to get to where they're getting to. I say come playoffs, 
some of these these plays that they're able to make. I don't know that they're there. I'm, I'm glad Evans got going in this game and and is active, but I just don't see Tampa in the light that I did last year. Yeah. I think they're susceptible, and I think a team like Philly could sneak up on them because they're better. They got better as the year went on, and they're better than what people think. And if you're looking at this game that they just played where they got their heads kicked in, they were resting guys. They are slowly, slowly playing this game. And I think even if they come up short, it's going to be a better game than what people are anticipating. But I think they can knock off Tampa. Uh, I think Tampa Bay is going to beat them handily. Okay. I, I think the difference is just going to be Tom Brady's experience in the playoffs and, and more of just how he goes about measuring when he wants to take risks. Like he, It seems like he never feels pressure and even when he does he makes the play that doesn't lose the game that's my only concern for the Eagles because they're going to go in there to your point LeVar really what do they have to lose you're a wild card team you wildly exceeded expectations for Nick Sirianni in his first year you're in a spot where I don't know that anyone thought which by the way could play to his detriment in the future because now the bar is set in Philly and you know how the Philly fan base is Oh yeah, they're going to be like well we were a playoff team last year what happened in 2022 you're going, well, yeah, there's a little more to that, but I digress. I think that's going to be an interesting matchup. It, it, could, it could be a scare for Tampa. To me, the look at the home record and the away record for Arizona. I mean, Arizona's dominated on the road this year. Yep. They could be getting J.J. Watt back, Jonas Knox's all-time favorite player. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's a, there's a lot that could be happening in that game, and I don't know, man. It just it feels like the way the Rams have played the last few games – it could be a problem for them. Like that, that matchup versus the Cardinals could be a problem. See, I, I'm just confused because, uh, look, they got rid of Jared Goff. So what's – I mean, like they got rid of Goff. So we should be fine here. I mean, Matt Stafford's the MVP, right? I mean, that's I mean, that's what I've been hearing, that Matt Stafford's the MVP. Uh, they finally have a quarterback there. Yet here we go again. It's the same story. Why can't they beat San Francisco? Like, like what is it – like yesterday we were texting back and forth about it, and there was a drive – where the Niners ran the ball 10 straight plays, and the only time they threw it was Debo Samuel throwing a touchdown pass. Like, just down their throat, the, like, the entire drive, and just kept running the ball. Like, what, is, what is wrong with the Rams when they see the 49ers? Is it just because the, those coaches know each other so well? Shanahan knows McVay the what way he does? What does that have to do with the players, though? See, to me... The players needed to to step up, and it looked like they were going to. You know, they 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 got a little physical at the end. It got close, and it just I don't know. They're just not able to to seal the deal on those guys. Yeah, it's uh, weird. How's that play out weird with the players? Is like, at times, maybe the best defensive player in the league year in year out. I see. I see him kind of. I don't want to say disappear. He kind of like, disappears. You I was watching it. the game and I was like, "Where's Where Aaron he? Donald? Yeah. Like, how is this the case?" I mean, it just—it's odd because if you actually go through statistically speaking, he's had. I mean, granted, it's a divisional opponent, but he's had more sacks versus the Cardinals than any other team he's played against in his career. And as far as like tackles, tackles for like all that stuff. He's been as successful versus them as any team outside of maybe Seattle's other team he's, he's really showed out against. But it feels like of late, and maybe that's more since Kyler Murray's taken over, that hasn't necessarily been the case. 
Like it's almost like the mobility of Kyler Murray and the way Cliff Kingsbury has gone about nullifying Aaron Donald in games. It's been effective. I mean, it's it's worked from time to time. So that's where I'm curious to see if Darnold will play the impact, if the stars will align and will show up. And that's what obviously the Rams are betting on because that's what they bet on before the season with Matt Stafford. That's what they bet on during the season, bringing in Odell Beckham, that as a compliment to Cooper Cup. I mean, they were betting on Jalen Rams and Aaron Donald, these high-priced stars showing up and then leading them through the playoffs to a potential Super Bowl. And uh, the Niners, as we discussed, they will be at Dallas. That's uh, this upcoming Sunday, 4.30 Eastern time. Uh, And then the Cardinals-Rams game is the Monday night game. So a wild card game on Monday night uh, uh, in Los Angeles. I like do, you think it's a, do you think it's the San Francisco-Dallas game? Is that what you think? Uh, well, I, I think uh, as far as the lowest seed to win, uh, I'm going to say Arizona. The lower okay. seed most likely to beat a team. There's just <laughs> there's some, I, know it's not, I know it's not a stretch. I, I no, 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 no. It's, it's not a, that. It's not that. I also think there's another reason why you're saying that. Why is that? Well, because you get to ride that L.A. fan base for a little bit longer, hmm. you know? Well, yeah. I mean, come on. Listen, I mean, on. look. Right. As you would say, all those Ram ball washers. Well, no, out here. well, that's the problem. There really aren't that many Rams ball washers, as indicated by the game yesterday. I mean, that was a Niner home game. We we could try and say whatever we want. It just it feels like there's something missing with the Rams. I don't know. It just feels like there's something not right with the yeah, Rams. Yeah, they're, they're not the Raiders. I, yeah. Oh, I, wow. I, I, oh, oh stop that. that. I, I know shot. what's missing. What's you know, there's just not the same Paisan passion that Jimmy Garoppolo brought to that game. That's I'm a good point. You, yeah, He's got the Paisan passion, baby. That's he, a good point. I'm just telling you, I've not seen the same passion from Stafford. No, so. absolutely not. They beat uh, it out of him. <laughs> I mean, golly. He, he does. Name he, a guy under more fire for as long <laughs> as Jimmy Garoppolo. I know. Jeez. And you know what? Never bitches about it. Never complains. Never never no. cries. He doesn't pull a Baker Mayfield and go on social media and throw a tantrum. Just wears it. Uh, you know, goes, uh, gets his team into the postseason, and then probably uh, they're going to part ways after the year. Just ways it works. I, are you sure about that? I, like, I, I think there was, like, a lot of cases made by Carr and Jimmy G, like other quarterbacks who were like, if you had a doubt about what you feel about me, especially Derek Carr, I, I just the way he's played the past few years, but this season in particular – I don't know if you're a Raiders fan, how you can't love him for, for what he's been able to do. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. 